0: Well, good evening, everyone. Uh, It's good to see everybody here tonight. Uh, So this evening, we'll be looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Uh, So if you could turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And I'll be starting a a new series on the book, and there'll be six different sermons on the series. So as you turn into 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, um, I'll just turn that on. So it's called, the series is called Living in Light of Christ's Return. So just for a little bit of context, if you turn back to Acts uh, chapter 17, so put your, hold your finger in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and just a little bit of context from Acts 17. So what brought Paul to write this letter? So, so just, just before I read the passage, just imagine tomorrow uh, you wake up, And you turn the news on and there's a news uh, story breaking. And that story is that 50 children have been found alive on a deserted island. Uh, They're all six years old uh, and they've been left there without any adults to help or direct them. They know the basics of life. They need food to live uh, and water, uh, but they don't know uh, where to find this food. Uh, They do have a basic understanding of life. But before long, if they're left to their own devices, uh, they'll come into serious consequences. They need help and direction. Uh, So in Acts 17, verse 10, we see why Paul had to leave these new believers to their own devices. Uh, So also Acts 17, verse... uh, Acts 17 tells us how these new uh, Christians became Christians. Uh, So... Paul and Silas came to Thessalonica and went to the synagogue of the Jews, and they reasoned with them that Jesus is the Christ. And they did this for three Sabbath days. So most likely, Paul was there for three to four weeks. And then verse four, um, verse four of Acts 17 says, "Many were persuaded by Paul and Silas, and many joined them." So, so it's told. We're told that. Many Greeks were saved, but also uh, some Jews. So, this new believing church is made up of uh, many Gentiles and then also a few Jews. This is how the church started. Uh, But Acts 17, verse 5, tells us that some Jews were jealous of Paul and formed a mob, caused a riot, and sought to capture Paul and Silas. And this led led to Paul being taken away from the church. Uh, Therefore, Paul and Silas are torn away from these new believers. So let's stop and think here. How will these new believers continue following Jesus? They've just believed the message uh, that Paul has preached, but they're now opposed by some Jews. Paul and Silas have been taken away from them. They've got no full New Testament, and they've got no established experienced leaders. How will they keep following Jesus? This was also Paul's concern. Uh, So after some time, he sent Timothy to them as we see in chapter 3 of Thessalonians so then after Timothy came to uh, Paul from Thessalonica and gives Paul a good report of their faith Paul then writes this letter rejoicing about their faith so he writes to encourage them and correct some misunderstandings on the second coming of Jesus Uh, so I've called this sermon when the gospel comes in power so if you go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 I'll read that now. So Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia, the Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. So how do we know if something is true or false? How can we tell if something is a real thing or not? We've all seen the news. We see, uh, we see false news all the time. We hear Donald Trump talking about false news. Knowing if something is real is known by evidence to back it up. In today's passage, Paul encourages the Thessalonians. They are the real thing. They are saved, and then he gives two pieces of evidence to back it up. Let's look at what Paul says in this chapter. So uh, firstly, from verses 1 to 4, true salvation has come. And then the two reasons Paul gives for knowing their salvation, we'll go into. Paul knows they're saved because verse 5, the true gospel has come. And then secondly, he knows they are saved because verses 6 to 10, true change has come. So firstly, let's look into verses 1 to 4. True salvation has come. So if you look at verses 1 to 4, Paul expresses that the Thessalonians are saved. Uh, they, uh, Paul tells us in verses 1 that, that they are in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, they are in God, which means they are secure because at the end of verse 1, they have received grace and peace from God the Father through Jesus. We see verse 2, Paul is thanking God for them and continually mentioning them in his prayers. But how does Paul pray for them? Notice verse 3. Paul is sure they are God's people and encourages them in verse 3, talking as God is our God and Father. And then Paul also thanks God for their work produced by faith, their labor prompted by love and their endurance uh, inspired by the hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith, love, and hope uh, are the three basics of the Christian. All Christians have these. Uh, a, love, uh, a faith in Jesus, a love, for Je- a love from Jesus, and a certain hope in Jesus. Uh, faith produces works, not the other way around. Uh, Paul is clear, they first received faith, and they received a faith that worked. This faith was in the Lord Jesus Christ, and no one is saved by faith plus works, but we are saved by a faith that works. If the Thessalonians were to profess faith in Jesus, then go back to their idols, it would be clear they hadn't received true saving faith. So also Paul sees true salvation has come to these Thessalonians through the way they labor on in the church. A love that labours. Paul talks of a love for one another, but also a love, uh, but this is mainly swaying towards a love for God. Uh, We're absolutely called to love one another and serve one another, but the ultimate motive behind it is because we love God. We are doing it for Jesus. Uh, This love that labours is sometimes translated as toil. It's clear it can be tricky. The church is, is made up of sinners. Uh, we as people can sometimes be hard to love, uh, but we labor on in a love for Jesus. Uh, we do not do it out of motives to please people or get people's approval, but we do it because we love Jesus. I'm certainly not saying this is easy, but the true mark, uh, a true mark of a Christian is that we love one another because we love Jesus. Jesus says in John 13:35, "'By this all people will know that you are my disciples.'" If you have love for one another. So love isn't just a feeling. It takes effort and self-denial. And it's something we cannot do in our own strength. That's why Paul thanks God for their love. It's from God. So let's pause there. Our hearts naturally naturally lean to love for self. uh, And not for God. And not for for others. Inwardly, uh, we don't uh, sometimes want to love everyone. Uh, when we have thoughts like that, that comes from our hearts, that comes from within, that's a sin within us, that's who we are naturally, uh, and we all have them, them thoughts from time to time that we don't want to love each other, uh, but the remedy is in verse 3, uh, Paul th- is thanking God for their love, it's a, it's a love from God, uh, so I urge us all to ask God uh, to give us a love firstly for himself and then that will flow into a love uh, for one another. I remember a few weeks ago now I was watching a football match uh, and the team I, I support was playing in a final. It was a close and tense game when it was live, but I was watching it several years after. I knew the end result. I knew that my team won in the end. As I was watching it, it didn't matter how many goals or threat or attacks the opposing team caused. It didn't bring any nerves or worry to me because I knew that my team won. In the end, uh, Paul gives us a third trait in verse 3, a hope that endures. The, this hope that Paul is commenting on is a certain hope. It's not a, a hope it doesn't rain tomorrow or I hope my football team wins uh, a game. No, Paul is expressing that the Thessalonians have a certain hope in Jesus. This hope causes the Thessalonians to endure hardship of the Christian life. Even though they are suffering, they cling to Jesus. Uh, and we'll see that for, uh, later on in the passage. Uh, their hope is in Jesus, and this hope keeps them going. Uh, they do, um, their hope is in Jesus Christ. Uh, they, they, know that what ha- they know what happens in the end. Uh, they know if they hold on to Jesus, they will be secure in the end. Endurance means we continue to trust God even when we don't understand Endurance means we get back up when we fall into sin. Endurance means we keep praying for our unbelieving friends and family. Endurance means we keep hold of Jesus, even when we doubt. And ultimately, we know that we endure life's hardships, sufferings, and setbacks because we have a future hope that will not disappoint. Our sufferings here are to remind us that this world is not my home. I have a future and better hope in Jesus that far outweighs uh, everything in this world. Uh, true salvation brings faith, love, and hope. Uh, the Thessalonians they worked, laboured, and endured because they had faith in Jesus, a love from Jesus, and a hope in Jesus. Uh, Paul is thanking God for them because he knows God has given this to the Thessalonians. So, verse four. But Paul, go, Paul goes on into uh, even further. He knows that God has chosen them. Loved by God and chosen. Paul says we know. Uh, There's no ifs or buts. Uh, No, it's clear that these Thessalonians are loved and chosen by God. How does Paul know this? Uh, Most of us here will know that God has a chosen people, uh, sometimes called his elect, uh, that he's elected before the foundation of the world God chooses the people, not based on any foresight, but based on his, his sovereign choice alone. He has a chosen people that he has mercy on. And God's elect will be saved. But this is only known by God in his secret will. He knows all the elect. Therefore, how can Paul say, I know you are chosen by God? We've seen that Paul knows true salvation has come, and now we'll investigate the reason behind it. And, and we'll look into this. Uh, and we should be encouraged also, since this is how, uh, this is the evidence we know we are chosen to today. So Paul knows they are chosen by God because firstly, verse 5, the true gospel has come. So the true gospel has come, verse 5. Paul says, our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power. Uh, The word power here, some seem uh, to take it as power through miracles. Uh, But this is, in the context, this is the greatest miracle that happens. uh, When God changes hearts and causes the light of the gospel to shine into people's hearts. Uh, Paul goes on with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. On the surface, that could be seen as something that's happened to the Thessalonians in receiving the Holy Spirit in deep conviction, uh, which will have definitely occurred. Uh, But Paul is talking about the message and manner he preached it. Uh, Look at the end of verse verse 5. You know how we lived among you for your sake. Uh, Paul is telling them when he preached the gospel to them, we preached in the power of the Holy Spirit with full faith. Conviction. Paul preached a message he was clearly convinced about and he believed himself. The Holy Spirit used Paul mightily to save these Thessalonians. And Paul knows they are saved because they've received and believed the true gospel. Uh, The gospel that teaches we've all fallen short, we've all sinned against God, and we're all under his coming wrath and judgment. Uh, And one day we're going to stand before God and give an account. It could be said our whole lives are going to be played out on a screen in front of the Father. All our sins seen and exposed and our guilt unquestionably obvious. But God saw our mess. He saw our sin, our utter blindness and evilness. God saw it and stepped into our world in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus lived the life we couldn't live. He lived perfect obedience to God's law and died the death we should have died. Uh, Taking all our sin upon the cross and paying the price in full. Jesus rose again, ascended to the Father, uh, and is seated in heaven and calls all to come to Him. Uh, Whoever you are, whatever you've done, come to Him and He'll wash you clean of your sin and clothe you in His righteousness. So if we come to Jesus, when we stand before the Father on the last day, and our life is about to be played out in front of the Father, uh, Jesus will step forward, uh, take the disc out, put a new disc in, which will be his life, but it will be given as ours. Uh, This is the gospel Paul spoke, and this is the gospel the Thessalonians believed. Uh, This is good news. Our hope is in Jesus. He's done it all. Thanks be to God. He's given us Jesus. We don't have to be somebody to earn God's love. Uh, We have it in Jesus. Uh, So question, how do we know we have true salvation? Answer, we have true salvation by placing all our trust in Jesus. Is your trust in Jesus tonight? uh, Do you trust him to make you right before the Father? Is he your only hope? Is he where you look for uh, for favour with God. If you answer yes. I have no hope except in Jesus. Uh, then you. It, and if that's true for you. You have true salvation. Uh, but notice the end of verse 5. Uh, you know how we lived among you. For your sake. Uh, Paul not only preached the gospel to them. But he also lived the gospel. Uh, Paul isn't preaching the gospel. Then living a completely different way to Jesus. No, Paul is living the gospel out to his hearers. Now, this comes straight back to us as believers, doesn't it? Uh, firstly, when we give the gospel to our friends and family, uh, are we giving them, the, firstly, the true gospel, and are we living out the gospel uh, to them? If, if, we speak, if those we speak to see us living a similar life to theirs, uh, they won't think they need to change. Uh, they won't think they need the gospel I wonder if the question was asked to me uh, and, you, and us all, if our family and friends, uh, whether we lived a different life to them, I wonder what would they say? Uh, remember, people are watching. If we don't live the gospel to the lost around us, and if we don't be different, then they'll not listen to us or think they need uh, to change. The gospel we teach to others is vital, and we must back it up in the way We live around unbelievers. Uh, Dare to be different around those who don't know Jesus. Uh, Don't laugh at those rude jokes. Don't talk about your spouse badly. Uh, And seek to work hard uh, for the sake of the gospel. Uh, Remember, actions speak uh, louder than words. Uh, Let's move on into the final point. Paul knows the Thessalonians are truly saved because firstly, they've received the true gospel, verse 5. And secondly, true change has come. Uh, Verses 6 to 10, true change has come. I remember uh, back seven or eight years ago, uh, maybe longer, my brother started going to the gym. He started eating chicken and rice uh, and drinking protein shakes, cutting all fatty foods out of his diet I remember most of my family were thinking this will maybe last a month uh, but he continued he kept doing this for over four years uh, from the time he started to when he cha- uh, when he slowed down the change was vast uh, he grew muscle and after a few years he was totally he looked totally different he totally changed he knew he went to the gym just by looking at him Paul gives us a second reason he knows the Thessalonians are saved. They've believed the true gospel, but the gospel has also changed them. Uh, they, they are totally different from what they were like before they believed. It's like the caterpillar to butterfly transformation. I've heard people say in the past, I'm a Christian, uh, I trust Jesus, but when, when you look at their lives, uh, you see a total contrast to how the Bible uh, outlines Christian living. Uh, but true salvation brings change, not a change of perfection. Uh, we don't stop sinning altogether, but instead, verse 6, we become imitators of Jesus. Uh, notice verse 6. How did the Thessalonians become imitators of, of Paul and of Jesus? Uh, they welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering with joy given by the Holy Spirit. It's clear their faith is genuine. Uh, Since usually if we receive something new uh, and and it causes us pain and struggle like what the Thessalonians uh, received, most likely we'll get rid of that new thing unless it's really important to us. And we see this with the Thessalonians. They continued on with Jesus because of the divine power of the Holy Spirit giving them joy. Uh, Joy, what is joy? Uh, Joy is a contentment in a secure certain hope you have in Jesus. It's something you can hold on to in struggles, knowing that whatever this world throws at you, we know we cannot lose Jesus. Uh, this isn't natural. Usually humans uh, want rid of all suffering, whatever the cost. Yet yeah, these Thessalonians have received joy in Jesus and they continually welcome the message, even though it had brought hardship into their lives. This is from God, joy given by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Think about that. How do we know if we are true Christians? Good evidence is that you'll hold on to Jesus no matter what what, what happens on this earth because you know your contentment is in him. You cannot leave him behind. And that's most certainly from God. And God keeps his people. Uh, In verse 7, Paul continues telling us about how they've changed. Uh, We're told that the church in Thessalonica became a model to all believers. Paul says that the suffering believers showed a clear uh, example to other believers. They became a model, verse 8, and the gospel has gone out everywhere. Uh, I want you to think of a church bell when it rings across a town, If you're in that area, you can't miss it. It rings out in the nearby area, and everybody nearby can hear it. And this is what it's like with the Thessalonians. The Lord's messages rang out from them. Look at the end of verse 8. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. What is Paul saying? It's a bit like this. I want you to imagine you go doing door-to-door evangelism in Brown Hills, and you knock on doors. And everyone you meet comes to the door, and as you introduce yourself uh, and start telling them about Jesus, uh, they tell you, oh, we've already heard that from from, uh, the Thessalonians. Um, And then after that, you go to Brown Hills, and everyone you meet knows the gospel already. No, that's... You've been to Brown Hills, and then you go to Bloxwich. So... So you start knocking on doors in block switch, uh, and people again say, oh no, we've already heard the gospel, we've heard it. Uh, this is what it was like for Paul because the gospel rang out from them. Uh, when Paul went to new areas, he already had a starting place for the gospel because it had rung out from this church. This is the major impact the gospel had on these people. Uh, Paul knows the Thessalonians are clearly saved Because they are responding rightly and seeking uh, to get the gospel out to as many as they can. And lastly, Paul gives us a final reason he knows they are saved. He he continues on, the people people Paul has gone to get the gospel to, uh, they don't just know the gospel, but they also tell the amazing change that has happened in these Thessalonians. The Thessalonians are changed people. They've turned to God. From idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead. So this is the right order of salvation, turning to God uh, from our idols and serving the living and true God. Uh, Think about that, that's the key to Christian growth. Turning from our idols isn't possible Unless we turn to God. Someone may give up drinking just to smoke more. Someone may give up gambling just to spend more. And someone may give up greed just to take up and instead take up fitness. This is possible. People can change. But the change is just trading one God for another God. As Christians we can do this. We can trade one sin for another sin. But true repentance is turning to God. Going to God for satisfaction. Um, And if we see our sin and think, I need to turn away from that, that's obviously correct. But we can't do that by just disregarding the sin. Uh, We need a new and better joy than the sin, and that joy is Jesus. Uh, Until we see him as uh, as glorious and soul-satisfying, we'll never truly turn away from our sin. Uh, And then notice verse 10, they wait for his son from heaven. Uh, The Thessalonians are eager and expectant for the return of Jesus. They aren't at home in this world. Uh, They are watching and waiting for the coming of Jesus. Uh, This isn't a sit-back-and-relax sort of waiting, like I'm waiting for a bus or I'm waiting for the paint to dry. No, this is an active waiting, getting the gospel out in the nearby areas, Uh, turning from idols, uh, receiving God's word in suffering, and imitating Jesus in living. Is that an echo of our life? Uh, We've turned to God from our idols, and we're now serving the true and living God while waiting for his son to return. This is a daily thing for us as Christians, uh, continually reminding ourselves each morning to turn to God, turn away from those idols, and serve Jesus because his return is any time. And make this a practice in your life to daily intentionally think and pray that you'll keep turning to God, uh, keep turning away from our idols, and that we'll serve Jesus and he could return any time, so we need to be living in light of it. So question, how do we know we have true salvation? Answer, we know we have true salvation by placing all our trust in Jesus and having a changed life by his spirit within us. So let's, let's pull this together. Uh, tonight, we firstly saw that verses 1 to 4, uh, that true salvation had come uh, to these Thessalonians pe- people. And Paul knows it because of verse f- uh, 5, the true gospel has come. And secondly, true change Change has come in verses 6 to 10. So two things to think about as we finish. Uh, Firstly, do you trust Jesus alone to save you? And secondly, has your life been changed by Jesus? Answering a true yes to these questions is a great indication we are saved. This chapter is a chapter of encouragement to Christians to tell them they are saved, if if indeed they've received the true gospel, believed the true gospel, and they've responded rightly. Therefore, Paul wants these Thessalonians to be encouraged and keep doing what they are doing. If you are here tonight and you trust Jesus and your life has been changed by Jesus, be encouraged. Uh, Salvation has come. Uh, Jesus has saved you. God has elected you. You are secure in him forever. Keep trust in him and keep being changed by him. Well, maybe you're here tonight and you answer no to both of those questions. You don't trust in Jesus and your life has never been changed by Jesus. Uh, The true evidence anyone is saved is not that they made a one-time commitment uh, at one time, but but that they... uh, continually repent and believe the gospel daily could it be you tonight you've never come to jesus to have your sins forgiven you've never received new life from him tonight i urge you come to jesus come to the one who promises forgiveness if you ask whatever you've done the blood of jesus will cleanse you if you come Don't reject Christ. Your eternal soul is on the line. The judgment of God is coming. Christ offers shelter from it. Don't listen to the lies within you. You can come to Christ. You can come tonight. Go to Him. He came for sinners just like you and me. Go to Him now. Listen carefully to the last sentence of this this chapter. Jesus, who rescues us, from the coming wrath. Uh, There's coming a day when this will be fulfilled. All who have placed their faith in Jesus will be saved, will be rescued from God's anger. But those who reject Christ will receive God's wrath upon them. Uh, Jesus is coming back. He'll either be your savior or your judge. He'll either say, come into my kingdom or depart from me. I never knew you. He'll either give you the joy of everlasting life or torment of everlasting hell. Uh, Come to Jesus tonight while you can. In him, we can have redemption, uh, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. As I close, true salvation is known by receiving and believing the true gospel and it's seen in a changed life. We're now going to sing uh, two songs. The first one reminds us of our hope, that our hope is found in Christ alone and we're secure in him. So let's, let's stand and sing uh, these two songs to God's glory. With uh, some words from Philippians. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To God our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen.